welcome to episode 76 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today we finish up this topic of the evolution of news and journalism with part five, and we'll call this one, Let's Take a Look at Social Media. But before we get into that uh, episode today, let me remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed, on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed, and you can find our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at bboomerunleashed, and on Twitter at bboomerunleash one And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Give us your comments and suggestions uh, for the uh, podcast. And if you'd like to be on the podcast, be a guest. Think of something you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on an episode of Be Boomer Unleashed. Well, once again, as we said, today's episode is part five of the evolution of news and journalism. Let's take a look at social media. You know, this week we're going to take a look at social media and its impact on the news, and definitely it does have an impact on the news, for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, whatever, it does have an impact on the news. More and more people are now getting their news from social media than ever before. You know, a long time ago, it surpassed newspapers in popularity for a source for news. And it's quickly challenging major networks today in popularity. Well, how in the world does social media affect the news? And vice versa, does the news affect social media in some way? Well, you know, the relationship, uh, I guess you'd call it, between social media and the news is kind of a phenomenon. It's a cultural phenomenon that no one could have really ever predicted what's happened on social media. According to Common Sense Media's report, and this is a report we dragged off the uh, Internet, but according to their report, uh, News and America's Kids, How Young People Perceive and Are Impacted by the News, Uh, They say that half of all kids ages 10 through 18 get their news from online media. Wow. Think of that. They get their news. Half of all kids, 10 to 18, get their news from online media while adding a social element to the news has undoubtedly engaged more young people in current events Well, it's also created divisions, increased the spread of false information (laughs) or fake news, and allowed people to avoid uh, opposing points of views by remaining inside a social circle of like-minded friends. So if you don't like what you hear on the news, you can find a group that will agree with everything you think. And I think it's kind of interesting on social media. And as you know, I'm a conservative. I make no secret of that. I'm a fiscal conservative and a social conservative. And uh, I have some liberal friends out there on social media. And whenever they post something uh, of a liberal nature that I don't necessarily agree with, and, and I don't argue with these folks, but I'll make a comment on it. 
And the next thing you know, they're calling me names. Uh, You know, most of these folks don't really have any sound arguments, but they usually resort to name-calling and end up calling somebody a racist or uh, a Nazi or uh, a homophobe or an Islamophobe or whatever the word of the day is. But the thing about social media that I think is dangerous is that if you don't like anybody else's opinion but your own, if you're not willing to engage in some meaningful social discourse, then you can find a group that just simply agrees with you. And you can sit there and you can talk about either whether it's liberal or whether it's conservative, whatever viewpoint you might hold to, you can find people that only agree with you. And I'm not sure that that's really healthy. I'm not sure that that's really healthy. You know, it's created divisions. It's increased the spread of false information. Uh, And it's allowed people, like I say, to avoid those opposing points of view. If you remain inside your little circle of friends that think just like you all the time, then you're really not going to expand your horizons any, are you? But social media, as both a source of news and a creator of news, is here to stay. Make no mistake, social media is here to stay. We're not going to wake up one morning and somebody thought, well, this social media was a bad idea, so we're, we're not going to do it. But also make no mistake that social media platforms, and we're going to talk about a few of those uh, in just a few minutes, but social media platforms are gathering all kinds of metadata on you and uh, things that you talk about, things that you discuss when you express your opinions. You know, if you express a conservative opinion, then they've got that down. All right, he's a conservative, and this is what we think of conservatives, and, you know, we're, we might come after him. Or if it's a liberal opinion and they don't happen to like liberals, then you might be a target. So, uh, you know, the social media being a source of news and a creator of news is, is here to stay. Now, the dimension it's given to news has, has become pretty vital, really. It's enabled more voices to be heard, more stories to be told, more exposure to significant events to be shared. You know, you've got to assume today, in 2020, that every word you say, every action you take, is going to be recorded by somebody. You're going to be on a camera. You're going to be on a cell phone. You're going to be on Alexa. You're going to be, uh, you know, wherever it might be, you're going to be um, known and you're going to be um, uh, viewed by someone somewhere. There are no secrets anymore. There are no secrets anymore. That's what's caused a whole lot of problems today is because, you know, just like at school, you know, you catch kids video and fights at school. And uh, then they post it on Facebook or they take some uh, um, unflattering picture of a male or a female student or male and female student together. And they ruin reputations by posting that on social media. So social media, although, you know, it's fun and people like to like to deal with it, 
it's kind of dangerous in a sense, too. But, you know, parents can help kids, if we'll be parents, understand the positive and negative effects of the relationship between social media and news to enable them to be well-informed participants, not just, you know, somebody that uh, depends on fake news. Well, here are a few elements that uh, they pointed out in this article uh, in Common Sense Media's report. Here's just a few things they pointed out that we can take a look at, and they've pointed out the pros and the cons of these things. First of all, on social media, we definitely have something called citizen journalism. Remember, uh, Jed Flowers, we were talking, and we said, Jed, how do we know when something's fake, when something's not? And Jed tells me we all kind of have to become journalists. We have to become journalists, and we have to research, and we have to get to the bottom of the story. So when you're talking about citizen journalism, the pros of that, social media has allowed people to broadcast direct first-person accounts of events. You know, we're the first one on the scene of an accident. We're the first one on the scene of a riot. We're the first one on the scene at a concert, whatever it might be. But we're able to give those first-person reports without going through a reporter Uh, without going through a news organization and without using the filters that they use for this news. Well, this can be especially powerful, as you know, in places where individual voices are oppressed, uh, filtered, or simply not represented. Folks, make no mistake, uh, some of these social media platforms will censor people in a heartbeat if they don't agree with what you're talking about. But some of this first-person citizen journalism prohibits them from doing that. Now, sometimes you can put up a post and they'll take it down because they don't like the content and they'll make some excuse for taking it off. But at least it's out there for a while, maybe. Well, the con of that, that, that's the pros, but the con is anyone can build a website uh, and post any information they want. Content creators aren't necessarily reliable sources of information. They might just be beating their own drum. They might be saying things that are fake. Plus, this kind of coverage can be especially, you know, visceral and raw. You know, if if you're not held to a certain level of accountability, then sometimes this stuff can get pretty rank, can get pretty raw. All right, so here's another thing uh, that uh, you can do. Friending, following, or commenting. You know, we can be citizen journalists, but those citizen journalists who post stories, we can friend those people, we can follow them, or we can comment on them. You know, the pro of that, I guess, is social media allows every individual to have a voice. We all have a voice in the news through comments and posts. We don't agree with something, we say we don't agree with it. If we agree with something, we give it a thumbs up or say amen or whatever we might want to do. And uh, that becomes part of the record. You know, it can bring people together that share the same views many times. Well, the con, the, the flip side of that, the flip side of that is people tend to friend and follow others who believe the exact same things that we do, like we were talking earlier, to the exclusion of other viewpoints. So if you don't want other viewpoints, you know, using social media sites, Uh, like uh, Facebook, uh, allows people to surround themselves virtually with others who agree and reinforce 
their ideas, um, and which ultimately divides us. So you've got a group of people over here that believe one way, a group of people believe something else, and we really don't have any time or any opportunity for any social discourse or debate. Another thing that you can do uh, with social media is sharing. Uh, the pros of that is sharing makes social media a lot of fun. So if somebody makes a post that you like, you share it. It exposes you to more content, so you can see what your friends have to say about it. That's fine. But the con to that is sharing is so easy that people don't tend to explore the factual accuracy of what they share. Plenty of kids uh, and adults have shared news through social media saying that they later found out the story that they shared was fake. Happens all the time. You know, I have to chuckle. There's a, there's a news site, quote-unquote news site, called the Babylon Bee. It's all satire, folks. It's all completely satire. There's nothing true about it. They tell you in their disclaimer that it's satire. It's strictly a satire site, and somebody will post a story on there from Babylon B. Somebody doesn't look, oh, it's come from Babylon B, or they don't know anything about it, and the next thing you know, they've made some comment. Can you believe that they did this? Can you believe they did that? It's comical in a way. But some people can really get their hackles up over uh, <laughs> posts that were not even meant to be serious to begin with. So there you have it. Another thing about news on social media is the immediacy of it. You know, you can see news on social media while it's happening. You know, there are live streams. All you got to do to... Uh, broadcast the news live and just hit the live button on your Facebook and voila, there you are. You're a live newscaster. Well, the pros of that, social media enables us to hear about current events while they're actually happening. When tragedies or national uh, natural disasters occur, hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, whatever, they can do that. We can tune in exactly when it's happening, long before a news crew ever gets on the scene. When tragedies or these natural disasters occur, friends and family can check themselves as safe so you don't have to worry about them. Well, the con of that is also immediacy. and our expectation of it, it leads to stories being reported before we know all the facts. So a lot of times stories can be reported well, you know, maybe even while they're happening, but we don't know all the facts involved. Don't know all the facts involved. So there's some pros and cons of using social media as our main sources of news. And i got to be honest with you, I get some of my news from social media. and uh, You know, I'm so sick of listening to the news now. I'm so sick of, uh, you know, I got so sick of the impeachment hearings and all that, you know, I got so sick of looking at Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi that I pretty well tuned out then. And then all we've got is coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. And now it's riots, riots, riots. And, you know, all of these uh, social groups that are tearing down statues, you know, it made my head explode. So basically, I've just kind of sworn off the news for a while. <laughs> Maybe that's like an ostrich sticking his or her head in the sand, but I'm telling you, just uh, some of this stuff just makes me sick. 
You know, you can't, you know, it's uh, truth is stranger than fiction many times. Um, and it's, uh, it's really sad. Let's look at a few social media sites that, you know, we really need to know about in 2020. Of course, Facebook is currently the largest social media site in the world. There's 2.6 billion. Now get that. 2.6 billion monthly active users in 2020. It's safe to say that nearly every social media user is probably on Facebook. Now, the kids will tease us and say that Facebook is for old people, but make no mistake, the kids are out there on it too. So it's an excellent platform, for sure. It's an excellent platform. Users on Facebook, you can share text, posts, find links, images, videos. Like I say, sometimes they'll cut your video off because it doesn't meet their political view. And I think Facebook, in my humble opinion, now you can agree with that. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, but this is my podcast, and this is, <laughs> this is my opinion. But I think Facebook has a liberal agenda. I think they have an agenda that's biased against conservative viewpoints. I think they have an agenda to get rid of President Trump, probably. But it's still, I still use Facebook. I still communicate on Facebook. But if you realize that and you understand that, you know, they're, you know it is what it is, then, you know, it's okay. But Facebook, the number one, the number one social media platform in the world, in the world. Now, number two is Instagram. Now, I have an Instagram account, but I'm not much on taking little videos and taking selfies and stuff like that. But Instagram is it's one of the fastest growing social network platforms that there is. It's mostly app-based, but users can also access their feed through the website version. In 2018, it finally reached a billion monthly active users. Think of that, a billion. Instagram is basically a visual platform, you know, where users share videos and images. You can also use Instagram stories and live features. It's, It's very popular, especially among the younger generation who just love taking pictures of themselves and their friends. 32% of the users of Instagram are between 18 and 24, and 33% are between 25 and 34. So, you know, 60, um, uh, 65% of the users are under 34. It's an app primarily for young people who like to take pictures. Of course, Twitter is a platform that lets users stay up on top 10 trending topics and relevant conversations. 350 million monthly active users on Twitter. Doesn't have as many users as other top social media sites, but does have a highly engaged user base. Twitter users send out about 500 million tweets a day. And President Trump is loves uh, t- Twitter, doesn't he? He likes to tweet out, and uh, boy, that's one thing that the mainstream media can't stand because they can't control the narrative on Twitter. They can't control that. 
Always in the past, mainstream media has been able to control the narrative, the words coming out of the mouth of the President of the United States. And they like that control. But this guy, you know, he just tweets it out. And he's taken a lot of criticism for that, a lot of heat for that. But it's a platform that allows you to get your message out. Another platform is called Tumblr. Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R. It's another leading social media site. And users, you know, they can join communities and participate in cultural dialogues. Uh, to expand their ideas. It's a think tank. Tumblr is uh, kind of a think tank. A lot of liberal thinking on Tumblr, but it's a think tank nonetheless. And it's very popular among teens and and uh, uh, other uh, older people. Uh, not old as me, but, you know, millennials. It's popular there. 321 million unique visitors to this website. LinkedIn, it's a social media site that's primarily uh, aimed, I guess, at uh, young professionals and old professionals. I have a LinkedIn account, and it's for professionals, and uh, uh, it's very popular, very popular uh, to that particular audience. The platform has grown rapidly over the years, and there's 690 million members. That's a pretty good membership, isn't it? And really, it's kind of a networking site where members can expand their professional connections on this platform and, you know, put their portfolios out there, show people what they're about. Another one that's a fairly recent app that a lot of people are using is called WhatsApp. And it's a messaging app that lets users share text messages, images, voice notes, audio files, documents, videos. And there's about 2 billion, about 2 billion monthly users as of March 2020. Um, as long as it's, you know, it has a growing user base, the platform has also introduced many new features. And they'll keep uh, increasing those numbers of features. And then there's something called Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. Snapchat's another highly visual social media platform that's among really popular among the younger generations. Why? Because they like to take pictures of themselves. Whew. It's the age of the selfie, isn't it? Most of us old guys don't like anybody to take our picture. That's why I'm on an audio podcast, not a video podcast. You know, I have a face for audio. But they like to uh, do those uh, Snapchat pictures. And users can send snaps to each other and update 24-hour statuses. Um, it has about 229 million daily active users who are highly active on the platform. Snap, 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 snap. Pinterest is kind of like a scrapbooking for social media. All kinds of crafters, all kinds of artists sharing things on Pinterest. And uh, there's shoppable pins that you can put on Pinterest so you can find out where to buy the latest and greatest crafting item or art supplies or whatever. Reddit uh, is a social media site where users become part of subreddits, okay? So we are all in a subreddit, and we engage with the other users in relevant topics. You know, it's also somewhat of a news aggregator since users share 
the latest news from different sources on the site. Other users, then they interact with their uh, this news, um, and uh, they upvoted or downvoted, and then they comment on it. Has a huge community and gets a, a 1.3 billion monthly visitors. Uh, gets the, most of its traffic from the U.S., followed by the U.K. and Canada. And the last one we're going to mention, and, and you know, I've got a list of 70 some social media sites. If you want to, you know, just get on internet sometime and, and plug in social media and see how many websites pop up. There are stuff in here that I have never, ever in my life heard of. But YouTube, YouTube is the largest video sharing social media site in the world. You know what I use YouTube for? If I need to know how to fix something, (laughs) I can go on YouTube and type in that project, and it'll show me somebody's got a video out there of how to fix this thing. And you wouldn't believe the times that I've been able to fix stuff that I was kind of stumped on just by simply watching a YouTube video. So YouTube lets users upload videos on the platform, view videos from other users, and interact with them. In uh, 2019, it had an average of 2 billion. Now imagine that, 2 billion monthly active users. YouTube users spend an average of 40 minutes 40 minutes watching videos on the platform. You can find lots of stuff out there on YouTube. But there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot more than that. And some we haven't even scratched the surface, but we're done. We're done with this. We're done with this topic. Uh, You know, uh, the uh, uh, evolution of journalism, wow. Hasn't it changed over the years? Hasn't it changed over the years? And, you know, when we think about, you know, social media and the impact it's had on society, it's just uh, it's just mind boggling. And, folks, we'd like to go back to the good old days. Never going to happen. You know, I don't think our world will ever be the same as it was pre-COVID. Lots of changes. Lots of changes. Well, that's about all we have time for today. Now, next week, we're going to switch gears just a little bit. I thought I'd go down the road of history of WSAZ-TV, but I'm going to put that off a little bit because I've got some millennials I want to talk to. There's a phenomenon going on today that us old-timers don't really understand, and that's this fascination with socialism. And communism. Make no mistake, folks, communist regimes start by the tearing down of history and the tearing down of statues, uh, rioting, all of this stuff, uh, you know, all of these riots and stuff. It's, it's all about chaos, creating chaos and fear. And it's about toppling our government and our way of life. And I'm going to try to interview a millennial or two, and we'll talk about this phenomenon. Why are these millennials so intrigued? Why are they so fascinated by the idea of socialism and communism? 
Now, I have some thoughts on that, and I'll share those with you next week as we get into this discussion. And I don't know whether we'll go one episode, two episodes, or ten episodes, but I have some feelings and thoughts on this myself. But we're going to interview, I think we've got an interview lined up next week with Stephen Casey. And Stephen is a former student of mine from up to Huntington High School and very bright young man who is very well traveled and been all over the world and he's taught English as a second language and you know he's uh, he's not your typical millennial he would probably refer to himself as a bad millennial but we're going to talk about that phenomenon of millennials and their fascination and why they're so fascinated with socialism and communism now this show is not primarily political in nature But this transcends politics, folks. What is before us today is a lifestyle change, a transformation of what we've come to expect over the years. And we're quickly moving down that socialistic path. And I think it's important, before we get there, that we understand why these young folks are so fascinated with it And is there anything we can do to stem the tide? Well, you know, it's been great being with you this week, and we hope you'll join us next week and for the weeks following for Be Boomer Unleashed. Well, listen, hope to see you here next week. But until then, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.